welcome back to Get Outside With Kids, the podcast that inspires you to have more awesome adventures outside with your kids. In case you didn't know, and in case you can't tell from my accent, our podcast is recorded right here in Canada. And tonight we have an episode that I think includes a lot of very typically Canadian things. We're talking about lots of snow, winters with lots of snow. We're talking about black flies in the summer. Toques, if you don't know what a toque is, you might have to go and Google that. Um, We're even talking about belugas and polar bears. Jen, this episode has so many Canadian iconic things in it, um, and we're excited to share it with our listeners. Yeah, I'm excited. We should have mentioned more Tim Hortons on that road trip she's going to tell us about. Oh, I'm sure there's Tim Hortons in there. I'm sure there's some Tim Hortons stops on her epic fail uh, trip that you're going to hear about later on in the episode. Um, And we did a bit of rapid fire, uh, you know, would you rather uh, coming from a prairie or Manitoba perspective to change it up? Because of course, out here on the West Coast, we're talking a lot about rain and it's really great to hear about other getting outside and other types of weather uh, that we have in Canada. Because let's face it, we've got a whole range of weather here from coast to coast to coast. Um, And it was really great to have Carolyn on tonight sharing her experiences. Caroline's the founder of Prairie Crew Adventures, and her mission is to help families get out their front door and into nature. We're excited to hear about all the amazing camping adventures and uh, some epic fails uh, that Carolyn has been on with her family right here in Canada, in the amazing province of Manitoba. Uh, we think you really like this perspective, and if you stay tuned to the end, you'll hear all about her plans to go and see a polar bear. Yes, that's real. She's really going to go and see a polar bear uh, later this summer. Uh, We hope you love this episode. Awesome. And we're so excited to have Carolyn on to the podcast tonight. So welcome, Carolyn, to the podcast. And let's just dive in. Where did your passion from the outdoors get started? You wrote a lot of things uh, in your your bio here, and I'm excited to hear about that journey. Yeah, um, I think it started when I was a kid. Um, As a kid, we would uh, go camping a lot. and uh, that was just a fun experience. We had a little pop-up camper and my sister and I would just explore outdoors. We would go, we're from the prairies, so we're from Manitoba and we would go out west um, to see you guys in BC and also to the other coast. So um, we did a lot of exploring there. And uh, yeah, and then in, in uh, university, um, I also had the chance to, um, to go to Abbotsford, BC and um, take an outdoor recreational leadership cl- um, course. And it was a it was a year long course, and um, I got to go hiking on Fridays, and uh, that was just perfect because I wasn't particularly an academic person to say, um, so this was like right up my alley, and um, it was a great experience to to just again be outdoors, but just to learn new things. And one of the things that I learned was um, was hiking a mountain. Um, I had not done it until I was eighteen, so. I had gone, I had gone to the West Coast to go snowboarding. So I thought like, well, I can go down a mountain. For sure, I can go up a mountain. Um, Basically the same thing. It's all mountains. Yeah, exactly. Right. So and and I was quite athletic at the time, too. So um, I just thought that, you know, a hiking class is going to be quite easy. I'm going to hike up that mountain. It'll be fine. And I ended up like, that expectation just got rocked. It was so it was so hard. <laughs> like the first 20 minutes I was up there and I was like huffing and puffing and I'm like, I can play a soccer game of 90 minutes and why can't I do, you know, like 10 minutes up this this mountain? Um, and it was Needle Peak. I don't know if you guys have oh, done yeah, yeah. Peak. Um, and so that was my first experience of of the mountains and um and it was good. I'm glad it happened that I was with a group of people that could help me and figure out how to like actually how to climb this mountain. 
um, and, you know, take some time to, to rest a little bit. And like, cause my heart is just like thumping, right? Like go, cause it's a lot of switchbacks, like right away. Um, if I remember correctly. Uh, so yeah, so it was, um, it was hard and my expectations were it was going to be easy and it wasn't. Um, so I think that like learning that and learning just about expectation, expectations in general, um, that you can have some pretty high ones or certain pretty low ones and they can, uh, quite change when you actually go through it. So, Carolyn, you throughout your your adult life have worked in a number of different roles kind of leading people outdoors. I think it's really interesting because for, for kids um, to learn about career opportunities in the outdoors and also for teenagers to think this through as well, I think it's, it's useful for parents to know what kind of careers exist, what kind of pathways exist. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience as an outdoor leader, um, you know, leading various different groups in the outdoors? Yeah, um, I feel like sometimes they they stumbled upon me or maybe I was just looking for them. But um, I've just always had a desire to do things differently and um, and just to to try new things and to not have like a nine to five job where I have to sit in an office all day. So <laughs> I kind of tried to find those things. And sometimes it was luck and sometimes I was looking for it. Um, and, and it seemed like I was able to find, yeah, just different jobs, whether that would be just like a summer job where, I, um, where I worked in the Yukon as a hiking guide, um, where I, you know, that was a long time ago. So I had to find that in the newspaper, um, which was like, <laughs> on the newspaper. The, oh my the gosh. Youth today will not know about looking no, for a job. And then, yeah. And then I took, I did some, uh, I, at, at a university, there was like a year long program where I got to take um, like uh, university students to um, Guatemala and across Canada. Um, so I did that for two years and it was a really intense program, um, but it was community bu- community building and it was um, just outdoors a lot. And we did lots of fun things like going to the beach. We learned Spanish because we were in Guatemala the students got credits for it, which was incredible. Um, and I, and that was my job. So, um, that was really great. And one of the things that we got to do there was, um, hike a volcano. It's called, um, Balkan Pacaya. And, um, and now as a parent, I'd be absolutely terrified to have my kids do this, right? Uh, we have a different perspective. But when I was like, what, 25 and taking, uh, 18 year olds, it was just absolutely a blast to go up, um, a volcano that had, uh, like, lava right there oh my god so cool yeah it was so amazing and we would take um we brought sticks along when marshmallows we roasted and marshmallows (laughs) on the lava right there so on the volcano that is so cool Um, i love that so now that you're a parent carolyn you've got you've got kids of your own um that sort of, I mean, firstly, obviously a lot of changes happen in life with that. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about how your travel kind of changed and the sort of travel that you've been able to do with with young kids? Yeah. Um, well, I would say the pandemic changed a lot. But um, before that, um, when uh, my partner Chris and I, we got married, um, we decided we wanted to travel. And so we actually moved to Morocco and uh, we stayed there for five years. We had no idea we were going to be there for that long. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and every time we would we would say that we're 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 gonna we're gonna move to Morocco, and people were like super excited for us. Um, but then they would always say, like many many times, they would always say, "Oh, I'm so glad you're doing this before you have kids." Mm. And I just we just didn't like that response. We're like we we got married and we we love each other because adventure is like something that we just love to do together 
Um, and so we just thought like, no, this can't be, can it? And we just kept hearing it over and over again. Um, was that like, you got to travel before you have kids. And, and it was just, I don't know if you guys had that experience too, but we just thought, you know what, I think, I think we can do things differently. Um, just like being, you know, with babies and hiking and stuff like that, which you guys are doing and which we're doing, um, is just thinking, I think we can think outside the box. At least I hope we can, right? But we didn't have kids then. Um, but then while we were on our adventure, we, we decided that we wanted to still be in Morocco, but we also wanted to start having a family. So we just decided that, you know what, let's try. And so we had our first child in Morocco, which is like a whole nother experience in itself. Um, and it was a crazy wild ride, um, but it was, it was perfect for us. And, um, and so that's kind of how we started off with our with our life with with kids was actually living in a different country just to show those people prove them wrong <laughs> that's right exactly right <laughs> take that bad advice yeah yeah no i love that you put in your you know in your notes to us like you know this whole like busting that myth that you can't have adventures after kids because like you said like everybody says that mm-hmm. now as someone who travels i traveled a lot pre-kids would i travel the same with kids no, some of the traveling is going to be different. It's not going to be like showing up at town at 3 a.m. with a backpack. I'm probably going to have like a bit more pre-planning with kids in town, probably a lot less alcohol infused adventures as well. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, but can you have an adventurous life with kids? Absolutely. And I, I think it's that sentiment piece about like the travel does change, but you can absolutely still do amazing things um, when you have kids. Um, so now you're back. You're not in Morocco anymore. You know, you're back here in Canada um, and you're in, uh, in the, you know, the Manitoba area. Um, and so tell us a little bit about what it's like getting outside in, I want to know about Manitoba winters. Uh, I'm from Ontario, so arguably we have like some winter there. But here on the West Coast, like we're really spoiled. Our, our winters are very mild. I mean, you've been out here. They're not yeah. they're what you would call probably spring uh, yeah. in Manitoba. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so what is it like now when you've got real winter conditions um, and getting two young kids outside? And what are some of the challenges with that? Oh, my. Yes, we have winter for a very, very long time. Like how long? <laughs> Like, I mean, we still have snow in April Mm. and like May long, there may or may not be snow. Like it's, it's just, it's just a really long time. (laughs) So what, like what we learned was like, we have to embrace winter. Otherwise we're inside and we're miserable. Um, So I would say when our kids were really, really young, that was a lot harder, but we did like, we intentionally tried to get out, even if it was just five minutes. And I mean, it was a whole event because like it takes forever to get the snowsuit on and then, you know, all the other things that go on. So it took like, sometimes it could take like 45 minutes just to get out, but then at least it was an activity with something that we were doing. Um, and then we'd be out for five, 10 minutes. Like that still was like a win-win for us when we had like little babies. Um, now we have uh, a five and a six-year-old. And so it's a lot easier. Although some days are still hard because they can do it themselves, but sometimes they don't want to put on their boots um, or toques or 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 mitts or anything like that um but we've really tried to embrace the winter um activities here um and again we don't have to go we don't have to go far um we can be right in our backyard um we love to go cross-country skiing i know that you guys go skiing um we have to say cross-country skiing because there's no hills right um (laughs) And one day I'd love to take my kids um, actually skiing down a mountain, but I do not want to take them right now because they do love cross-country skiing. Okay, that's great. 
Yeah. Whereas I feel like once they know that they can just go bomb down a hill and they don't have to like, <laughs> you know, try too hard, then I think they're, that's going to be like, they won't want to, they won't want to um, cross country ski anymore. <laughs> So, Carolyn, it's coming into, I, I really hope it's coming into summer for you now. Um, <laughs> and when summer starts up here, you know, a lot of people start to think about going camping. Um, and I think just this year I've spoken to quite a few, like, colleagues and friends and neighbours who've actually never been camping Um and for me, you know, I'm somebody who came from another country and when I moved to Canada, you know, understanding how to camp here and and what it's like was firstly I had to learn all of that. But then camping with kids is like a whole new kettle of fish. It's like all different and kind of getting through understanding the different ages and stages of when, when camping um, is possible. It's possible at all ages, but what the challenges are, I think it would be really useful for parents. Can you take us through kind of starting at that baby age, like some tips that you have for each age group um, and starting with babies, like what, what is some tips that you would give to parents who are thinking about going camping with babies? Yeah. I just remember when we decided to go camping with our kids, well, we knew we wanted to and, and, uh, and it was like, okay, what, what kind of keeps us back? And I think the biggest one was the fear of sleep and the fear of, um, of a baby crying in the tent all night long. Right. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We've all been there. We've all been PTSD there. <laughs> just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and so for, for, for us to kind of overcome that hurdle, um, it was, it was, no, it was camping close to our home. So whether that was just like half an hour away or an hour away, that's probably the, the, like when they were really young, an hour away was probably far enough. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what I knew was if it was 2am in the morning and I, kit, I had a, my baby crying at night and it was going miserably, like the worst case scenario that I, I could know that I could literally pack up everything or just pack up the baby and just drive home. Like mm-hmm. leave the tent, we'll deal with the tent <laughs> till the next day or something like that. Um, but just to know that I like that really allevi- alleviated some of the stress around um, camping with babies. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd say that was the, that was a really good, um, good way to transition into camping with kids. I was going to say, and sometimes the, the sleep thing, like, me and Kate have had, I mean, whole journeys with sleep with both of our children. And so sometimes I'm like, you could be at home and have the noise machine and the blackout curtains and your whole bedtime routine. And your kids still might not sleep depending on where you are in your sleep journey. So sometimes with camping, you have to be like, the baby might not sleep, but at least we're camping. You know, it's one night, maybe just even one night away from home and the change of scenery sometimes is kind of worth that trade-off because we've had nights at home where everything you could have done to try and get your baby to sleep well and your baby's still up six times that night. Um, so I think sometimes like with camping, you have to just be like, it's going to be what it's going to be. Um, we're going to push through. And if after one night we're done, then we're done and we'll drive home and that's okay too. Yeah, exactly. Like um, I like to think of it this way as... Um, before kids, pre-kids, um, I would go camping and I wouldn't think that um, getting a good night's sleep was like the reason why I went camping. Like I had all these other reasons why I wanted to go. I love being outdoors. I love being with my friends. I love sleeping in a, well, I love sleeping in a tent. Maybe, maybe not. Um, <laughs> I have a really nice mattress. So I actually do love sleeping in her tent. Um, and like, so yeah, those are the things that I thought of beforehand when I would go camping um, before kids. And so I don't know why like, why is that something that we think that our kids should be able to sleep when we are camping? Um, and it's just an expectation that we have. We should like our kids should be sleeping no matter whether they're in our house or or in a strange place like a tent or something like that. Um, but yeah, if we can kind of like loosen that up a little bit, 
um, then we can actually have a really good experience with our kids. And I love having the possibilities of, um, of memories with my kids and bonding experiences with my kids. And I would love that for, for other people too, that are kind of wondering if they should or could go camping with their kids, whether that's babies or, or older. Um, so I would say like, don't let that fear, um, that, that fear of lack of sleep keep you from those possibilities of, of experiencing, um, some amazing memories with your kids. Moving on to toddlers, you've said you think this is the hardest stage. Um, tell us uh, some of your best tips for going camping with toddlers. Yeah, I toddlers are just always on the move. I mean, with babies, they're kind of portable and you can kind of just like hold them, even though they're crying, like you have them, right? But toddlers, they they don't want to be held anymore. They just run off. Um, they're always exploring, which is great, but it's also really tiring. Um, so for us, what we did was right away, we would kind of designate someone to watch the children and someone to do everything else. So, um, for us, sometimes it would be me. I would watch either one or two kids, two toddlers when we had them, when they were like two or three. Um, and then my partner would, um, set up the tent or wash the dishes or, um, clean up the camp, uh, things like that, because if it just didn't work work well if we were both looking kind of at like the food or setting up the tent because we're not looking at the kids um that well and and they're fast toddlers are fast and there's no fences in the wilderness or like in the campsite right so they can just go off and 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 then you don't know where they are and uh so <laughs> which it honestly that didn't happen for us which i'm very thankful for our kids weren't particularly um very uh what is it called like the runners they weren't the runners, runners. Like that, um, <laughs> yeah, some kids goodness, are. Yeah. so I'm thankful about that but um but yeah that's what we did to make to make sure that we could figure out how to how to camp with toddlers and you know now that Jen and I our oldest kids are sort of around the age of six um and tell us in your experience what that what camping with with school age kids you know sort of six and upwards is like I'm hoping you're going to tell me that you think this is the easiest stage <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I think this is the sweet spot. I, I honestly do. I love it. So I have my, I have a five-year-old and a six-year-old, and I think we're in a really good spot. Like they've camped their whole lives. This is like what they, what they know is camping. Um, one, one year we asked our kids what's their favorite um thing about camping, and one of them said it was the tent. And I think they just they love being in the tent. It's like a big sleepover with their whole family, um, and they just get giddy when they're in the tent. It's great. Um. But yeah, I think this is a really good age because they can help out and uh, they're very capable and they want that independence. Um, and But they're also very verbal and they can tell you what they actually feel and think. Um, so you can get a lot of complaining. I find that I can get, <laughs> I can get a lot of complaining for just like the simplest little things or, or big things too. Um, but what I've, what I've noticed is that like complaining doesn't mean kids don't like camping it just means that they don't know how to verbalize what's hard in their life right now like it's a huge change to go from a comfy house with with couches and and a, a nice warm shower to now you're sticky and dirty with marshmallow all over your face <laughs> and you're in a in a tent right um so uh just that complaining just that reminder to parents um a reminder to me that it doesn't always mean that kids are having an awful time. It's just that they just don't know how to um, process change. And so talking, talking to kids about that kind of deconstructing, um, what are they feeling? And how are they thinking about it? Um, and kind of working through ways that can 
um, that can help, um, that can help with um, figuring out maybe how can we make it easier or better, or sometimes it's just, it's just going to be hard. Um, and then you just go through that. And then distraction, you guys are, you, I, I'm on the same page with distraction and like <laughs> telling stories, giving snacks, being silly, singing songs, like all those things, uh, we are all, all up for that. And we do that often. So sometimes a distraction from something that is hard is going to help as well for, for school age kids. So then we have our last category. And I mean, Kate and I don't have any children beyond school age children. So looking for advice as, as we get into those teenage years. Oh my gosh, we have a ways to go. I'm though, full thankfully. of fear. Yes. I'm full of fear about having teenagers. Um, I think I'm, I'm one part. I'm, I think I'm one part excited and one part terrified for the teenage years especially boys we have we're gonna have teenage boys one day yeah i have i have two boys so i feel you on that so i mean you've done some you know camping with other ages through some of your work and stuff like that so thinking ahead to those teenage years for our listeners who might be closer to them than us um what do you think are some of the challenges for teenage years with camping and, and then how can we as parents start to plan ahead to alleviate them yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I, I don't have teenagers myself, but I have worked with a bunch of teenagers and young adults and um, they really need a lot of adventure and they need risky play. Those are big things that teenagers need. Um, they need that those adrenaline rushes. Um, and also I hear that teenagers might not want to go on a vacation with their family. <laughs> Why not? They love us so much. They want to be around us forever. Don't they? I know. Right, right. <laughs> Um, so I know that like what I've seen of like friends that have friends and family that have older kids is that, um, sometimes they'll bring friends along. And I think that's really, really important. So that's also like, that's going to make the teenage, your teenager want to go on a camping trip with your family and it's going to make them, it's going to make them happier. And it's probably going to make you happier too, that if they can have a friend, um, with them to go along. Um, and then also with that, um, allowing the teenagers to have their own space. So whether like, if it's possible, um, can you have two tents instead of um, just one for the family Um, or having a tent and a camper or some sort of um, a way that you can accommodate um, teenagers to have their own space and independence. When I was, I was in um, a park near us recently and uh, there was a family we were chatting to who were doing an overnight hike with their teenager and they'd done that they'd asked their teenager if she wanted to bring a friend and she was probably like 17 or 18 so what they said is they were gonna they said this is the plan we want to do an overnight hike down to this area but you two plan it all yourselves here's you know you can take whatever gear you want you can take the old tent that they used to you know the parents used to backpack with apparently it was very heavy (laughs) and you plan to get in here we'll meet you at the campsite I thought that was such a cool way of like giving them, like you say, giving them the independence, the sense of adventure. They could kind of do that aspect themselves. They drove themselves into the park. They had to think about when they were going to leave and, you know, plan out their route and their day and carry all their gear. But their parents were there and like they could be together with them. There was a safety aspect. They had they had some kind of radio like walkie-talkie things. I was like, oh, that's cool. Ooh. Like you say, you know, like they had their own space um, mm-hmm. and could have that sense of, of adventure, but in a pretty safe setting because like their parents were just at the end of the trail. (laughs) I really, I was really inspired by that. I kind of haven't thought about those points you mentioned here and in letting them have their space and, and um, how important that would be to making them excited about coming camping with us. Yeah. And I find that with, um, with all ages that we can get our kids involved in it. And I know that you can't really get babies involved in, in like a camping trip, but um, like toddlers and, and, 
and school age kids, like getting them involved from the beginning. So that's something that we try to do is like, where do you want to go? And of course, they can't like Google something and see where they want to go in Manitoba <laughs> or Canada or wherever, right? I know, um, like three-year-olds are getting pretty good with a smartphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They can swipe, right? Um, but uh, just like we have a few like physical books of either Manitoba or Canada, and then we can look at those things and say, hey, like, does this look interesting for you? Like, what would you like to see? What would you like to do? Um, and our kids, I mean, they love, they love the water, um, and they love camping. And so there are some things that are just quite easy to do. Um, but also there's a few fun things that we've done, um, with our kids in planning is, um, we, we make a packing list for our kids. Like I personally, I love lists and so does my partner. And so we have like lists galore for all the things that we need to bring and pack and stuff. Um, but then we also made some lists for our kids. Um, but at the time when I made this list, probably two years ago, so I guess they might've been two or four, like they, they can't read. Um, so I just, um, I, I found pictures. So I had a picture of a pair of socks and, uh, clothing. So a t-shirt and shorts and a hat and toothbrush and their little stuffy. Um, so I had, uh, had a whole picture of all the things that they needed to pack. And then depending on what kind of trip it is, um, I'll tell them how many, um, socks that they need to bring and they, and they can write, they can kind of, you know, write a number two or four. Um, so they would do that and they would color it. Um, and they would have a lot of fun with this piece of paper of their packing list. And then I would get them to go pack. Um, and at the time I would watch them like a hawk to see how many times they would put, you know, uh, did they put their underwear in there or not? Um, or did they pack 12 like, stuffies yeah. instead? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did they get sidetracked? Um, but ha- letting them have that independence um, just gives them, gives them a way to, um, to make, to make it their own, um, to make that camping trip their own. And so they love it. They love coloring it and they love packing the clothes that they need to pack. Um, and so, yeah, so using, instead of using words, there's just different ways around that when you have small kids. So we did that. And then um, again, this was just like kind of it just happened um, when we were unpacking um, a few years ago, we had, um, it was like a little, a little trolley or a little, um, a walker for kids. When they first learn how to walk, you kind of like hold a little bar and there's like wheels on it. And it had a little container, like a box. And our kids just started putting stuff in it, like all the camping stuff. And they would wheel it from the car to our front door. Um, and, and they still do that and they still love that. So, I mean, it takes forever. Like we could be done unpacking within like an hour, but with them like helping out, it just takes way longer. And I think that's with every, probably everything, um, with kids, it just takes longer, but again, it's just getting them involved and they're having fun. And so that's what we, we just try to do, um, throughout our kind of camping experience with our kids. Awesome. Okay. We have some rapid fire questions for you now. Cause you know, we like to keep things interesting here <laughs> on the podcast. So right. I think Kate and I will alternate, we'll alternate questions back and forth here. Um, so good. question number one, it's a, would you rather game by the way, yeah, Carolyn? Would you rather? Sorry. Would you <laughs> rather? Manitoba yes. edition. Oh yes. my goodness. Okay. I know. Yep. Yep. So would you rather Manitoba winter or black fly season in Manitoba? Oh, okay. Manitoba winter. Winter. Okay. Tell uh, us what yeah. black fly season is like. Is it really bad? It can be. I feel like in the last few years it hasn't, but I hear this year is really bad. I'm Uh-oh. just like, you can't, it's really hard to kill them. Like with a mosquito, I feel like <laughs> you get, you can really kill a mosquito. You can get them all the time, but like the black flies, they're just like fast and furious and all over. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So thinking of winter, would you rather have to deal with a lost mitten or a lost hat? A lost hat. Yeah. Oh. 
because okay. you know you're you're the the little fingers they get so cold so fast hopefully you just have like a hood on you can put it over <laughs> true, true true there's a workaround there's not really a workaround to the mitten yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, so now you're outside. Would you rather lead a group of teenagers in the outdoors or a group of toddlers? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I have found out with teenagers is sometimes they can be like toddlers. <laughs> so I don't know. That one is a hard one. I feel like that would be, I think I would be teenagers. Ooh. See, I have a real teenage phobia. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> What's it going to be like having teenagers? I don't know. The idea of a group of teenagers who I'm in charge of is like, um, okay, last one here in the Would You Rather game. Thinking about a three-year-old, would you rather take a three-year-old outside in the rain when it's seven degrees Celsius or would you rather take that three-year-old outside in the snow when it's minus 15 degrees Celsius? That is so easy. I would rather deal with uh, with winter with snow than rain. When you guys when you guys talk about rain on your podcast, I'm always like, I don't know how you do it. I have no idea how to do I don't it. Know. I don't think we do do it. I think <laughs> I think there's tears. Everything's wet because of the tears and because of the rain. But because uh, of the tears, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's practice. Yeah, I think it. I think it's practice, right? Yeah. It's like it's like how in Manitoba you have to embrace winter. It's yep. the same thing here in Vancouver. Like you just Gotta have embrace to rain. embrace the rain. Yeah. Um, so speaking of embracing, you know, not optimal conditions, um, mm-hmm. let's dive into some of those messy, muddy mistakes that you have made, um, and maybe share, you know, one story with us about a time when things just didn't go to plan for you and your kids. One of our disasters was um, we went to Water Waterton, Alberta, and we were going with family. We went with aunts and uncles and cousins and uh, grandparents, and there were 16 of us. Um, so we made this plan a while ago, um, and we were super excited to do this. Um, so we ended up doing a few things beforehand, um, before we made up with the 16 of us. And one of the things was um, we were kind of nervous about taking our kids on a longer trip. We hadn't really driven more than a few hours um, but pre-pandemic we had with our with our babies but um, now it was we hadn't done it in a while so um, we thought like we need to leave as early as possible and get them sleeping in the car so we can you know you know get a few hours under our belt before they wake up and then we're in the car forever right <laughs> um, so we decided to wake up wake up the kids at three in the morning Oh my gosh. I, I know where this is going. I've done this like, and it is just the absolute pits. <laughs> yes. We hadn't done it yet. We just thought it was amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, we packed everything the night before and we had, um, we, we actually were successful. We actually got our kids out of their beds, got them in the car seat. They were still sleeping and we start driving off and we're like, we are the best parents ever, right? Like we thought wow. we were so good. But then we did not check the weather. And about 15 minutes uh, driving outside the city, there was the hugest thunderstorm. <laughs> and it woke up the kids. Like the, the the rain was just pelting. It was terrible. There was hail. There was lightning and thunder. It was so loud. The kids wake up and they're like, have no idea where they are, right? They're just like scared. Um, they were just terrified. And so they're just crying at three in the morning. Like it took them forever to, it, first it took us forever to get out of the thunderstorm. Um, and then, then they were up. They were just like awake, right? Cause their adrenaline is just like, it is just going in their bodies. And so, um, they did not fall asleep, uh, until I guess, I don't even know. They may have had a nap, but, um, yeah, that kind of turned, um, 
that totally backfired on us <laughs> thinking at 3am would be a good idea. And, uh, and, and yeah, so I don't know if we'll do that again. Um, but we'll first for sure check the weather before that. Um, so then we get to our, our campsite um, in Waterton, Alberta, um, with our other, with our other uh, family with us, and we set up our tent and it's just, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful night. Um, we hang out together. We, um, the next morning we decide we're going to go on a hike and it's called bear's hump and it's a nice little hike for, for kids. And so, um, we kind of wake up in the morning and myself, I, I kind of feel like a little off, but I was just like, ah, I'm probably fine. It was just, you know, a long drive and all that kind of stuff. So, um, we just, we start hiking this mountain and as, as we start going up the mountain, I just progressively feel off. And I also noticed that my youngest also kind of just looks a little off too. Um, and so we get up the mountain and it's beautiful. But then by the time, like, I feel like it went pretty fast. I just like, I felt like, oh man, am I getting a fever right now? Oh, Is no. my throat sore right now? Um, and then we climb down the mountain and like, I get to the tent and I'm like, I, I just need to lay down. And it's not a particularly hard hike and it's not that many hours, but I just was so exhausted. And my, my youngest, the four-year-old, he was also just like, mom, can I just snuggle beside you and so we we laid there and we fell asleep and like this doesn't happen my four-year-old doesn't doesn't nap he's he turned to and he stopped napping it was so sad <laughs> and uh and then and then we just felt awful and for some reason i, ha I had some covid tests with us and uh, we had not had covid yet so we we were covid free for two and a half years and i took the test in our tent and boom it was positive no. it, was, it was so sad we were i was so upset um, I wish I hadn't taken it right now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know and, that feeling. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we uh, we we ate our supper there, like close to our tent. We told our family, like, don't come near us. Um, and then we packed up, we packed up the <laughs> tent, packed up everything. We were supposed to be at, in Waterton for five days. Aww. We were there for one night. We had to pack up everything, and we drove home. So we drove home. It was probably like seven o'clock, and we drove home, and we drove straight for fourteen hours to get home. Oh my and gosh! And it was awful, and I felt terrible by that time. And my little one, he like his fever was just like skyrocketed. It was oh so my gosh, high. that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, and I just remember like I felt like so like I I felt like I couldn't even go um to like a bathroom like an actual like gas station bathroom because i knew i had covid yeah. so like it was just like i guess i'm just gonna pee on the side of the road because i feel terrible like i don't want to give covid to other people right so um yeah so it was just it was so sad it was such a disaster just spending one night there when we had planned a whole trip and i just remember like driving away and just seeing the mountains getting smaller and smaller and just uh -huh. crying <laughs> Oh, oh, that man. is so sad, is... Carolyn. Yeah, it was so sad. But you know what? There are some really good, like, there are some really good things that happened with it. Like, the littlest, he talks about that hike, and he actually really liked it. And Aww. he says that's his favorite hike, because um, I have a picture of this, but he was holding his grandma's hand the whole way up the hike. And it is just adorable. And so, you know, there, even though it was like a disaster of a trip, but our kids still had, you know, they had a, they had a blast. They had I guess two full days with their their family and they still loved it. Oh. Well, so Carolyn, let's finish on a high note here. Yeah, that yeah. trip sounds like, you know, you dream about these beautiful trips and particularly with family after COVID. 
I'm, and that, that obviously didn't go according to plan. But, you know, looking ahead now, what are you excited about for the future? What's coming up next for you and your family? Yeah, we are so excited. We have a really good um, summer plan for our for ourselves. So for our family, we we have found out that like when we are on adventures, that is our best place. So when it was just the two of us, adventures just made us alive and it just made us ha- um, have so much fun and we just experienced life in a different way. And so adventures has always been something that we have um, we have always wanted to have in our lives. And so with kids, same, the same thing. Um, adventures is just where our family is at its best. Um, so this summer and, and, and for us, adventures don't have to be big. Like having a kid in Morocco is pretty big, um, big adventure. And, um, you know, going with him when he was four months old to Europe is a big adventure, but we also have many small adventures that are as quite as amazing as those big adventures. Um, and so, um, the last few summers, we've just had small adventures and we've, we've really loved that, enjoyed it, but we're also ready for something a little bit bigger. So, um, we are from Manitoba and we have not seen the polar bears in Churchill and we have not seen the beluga whales in Churchill. And so that's our plan. So our plan is to go up north, try to see a polar bear, see a whole bunch of beluga whales. We're also going to camp up north. Um, so there's a bunch of beautiful campsites I hear in northern Manitoba. And then we'll be taking the train as well um, in northern Manitoba to get to to get to Churchill. So that's our big plan for our summer, which we're really excited about. We'll be posting that on Instagram so people can see um, see what Churchill is all about. It was also, I think, in was it Time Magazine saying it's one of the oh, yeah. one of the like top places right now. And I and um, and also like the Aurora Borealis is this is the year that it's, it kind of goes in cycles. And so this is the year where it's like really, really big and you can see them pretty well. So we're excited about that. And um, there's lots of planning that happens. And um, so we're going to be sharing about that, how to plan for a big adventure like this and how to camp for, uh, we'll be camping for at least um, one and a half to two weeks before we go to Churchill. So that's our Amazing. Plan. Oh, what yeah. an exciting trip. And where can people follow you on Instagram to see some of these amazing adventures that are coming up, Carolyn? Yeah, so um, so we're called Prairie Crew Adventures, and you can find us um, on Instagram, and our handle is at prairie.crew. And if you're listening from somewhere like Australia and you're like, polar bears, belugas, you should definitely uh, follow along with Carolyn's adventures and see, I hope you see lots of amazing wildlife, Carolyn. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and for sharing your adventures. I think you're a first guest that we've had maybe even from the prairies, Jen, and definitely the first guest from Manitoba. So thank you so much for being with us here tonight, Carolyn. Well, thank you so much for having me. That's great. And yes, we love Manitoba and there's so much to offer here. So come and join us. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. If if you have enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you hit subscribe so that you get our latest episodes dropping weekly. And if you are over on Instagram, make sure you check out our latest tips, tricks, and advice from our amazing experts at Get Outside With Kids. And we hope to see you back next week for another episode of inspiring you to spend more time outside with the Get Outside Kids podcast. <laughs>